0: This is the a Smarts Podcast, where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week, we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize, and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Raen. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch Jan and you are listening to episode 127 of the Creator Smarts Podcast. Today I'm talking to somebody who used to work for Uber but then saw a big opportunity in the creator economy and quit his job and uh, he started his own company. He did that two years ago, built a huge platform that raised over 20 million dollars and um, what he basically does is he helps creators sell the physical products because it's not easy to sell physical products, right? You need in the first place you need to figure out what your audience wants. Then you need to source the products from the factory, often in the Far East. And then you need to have a design, you need to distribute a product and um, it's not easy. And of course there are companies out there that can help you with that process, but they also they often charge high commissions. So Rona wanted to bring more power to the creator and he built a platform where creators can go to source their products, have it designed, even distribute it. And um, yeah, there's that, no revenue share or something, you only pay a low monthly fee. So we're going to talk to Ronak Trivedi or Ro, and um, we're going to learn how he built Pietra, why he quit Uber to build a platform for creators. We're going to talk about examples of physical products that you can sell to your audience, how to find out what kind of product you should create and uh, yeah we're also going to talk about the profit margins because we all know that profit margins of digital products are very high but apparently you can also make lots of profits with physical products so are you guys ready then let's get started here's my interview with Ro. Hey Ro, welcome to the Creator Smarts podcast please tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you do.
1: Thank you for having me, um, and uh, and I'm, I'm pleased to to, pleased to talk to you this morning. Um, so my name is Ro, uh, I am one of the co-founders and CEO of Pietra, a company that helps creative people start commerce businesses.
0: Yeah, so what exactly does that mean? Like, can you give a few examples of products that, that, that you guys launch?
1: Yeah, totally. So the way, <laughs> excuse me. The way our company is structured is we built a platform that provides the tools that allow these creative, creative uh, folks to start commerce businesses. And and the way it works is we, we specialize in, in building tools that help with three main things. Hmm. The first part is We see a world where people want to make, you know, real brands with with different products and unique products to express their creativity, um, get closer to their audience and and build long-term income streams. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so we we provide a global supplier manufacturing production marketplace for creators. And we we have designed it so that anyone who uses the Pietro platform can log in and can start uh, connecting directly with suppliers from anywhere in the world to make their unique product lines mm-hmm. um, so a good example is let's say you're a beauty blogger or a beauty blogger who has always had their dream of creating their own makeup collection or makeup line or having their own makeup brand you can go and use Pietra and find uh, a manufacturer who are some of the best manufacturers in the world that are re- that are ready to work with you to create samples create custom formulas. Um, and then finally, do a production run and uh, and and you know kickstart your brand.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh,
1: the, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say the second part, which is probably the least sexy. And I'll, I'll speed through it, uh, but it, but it's very important. Is after uh, you, after you work with your supplier and you you know create your blush cream or or eyeshadow palette or you know sunscreen or something like that. We also provide all the infrastructure to. Uh, fulfillment, um, and assembly. So you can use our platform. You can design all your products. You can send the samples to your house. And then when you're ready to kickstart your business, you can send everything to a Pietro fulfillment center where we will store it for you. We'll assemble it for you, store it for you, and then ship it to your customers. So all you really have to worry about is designing the products and then setting up, um, a website or selling online through your Instagram or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and
1: we provide all the infrastructure so that a single person can, can run these businesses and and grow just like any other big brand would be able to.
0: Yeah. And what is the third step?
1: The third step is is we we also run a creator marketplace.
2: Hmm.
1: Um so you know we we are investing in in helping these creators sell their products online. Yeah. Um and so we have a creator marketplace and and anyone that's a creator can set up uh, using our free e commerce software and start selling within minutes. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have some advanced features, like if you have your own website, you can always connect your website to the platform
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and sell on your own website. But the third part is, is about e-commerce and, and opening up a bunch of different sales channels for, for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'd love to learn more about how exactly that works. Um, for now, maybe let's talk about your background first, because how did you spot this opportunity? Do you have a, a background in e-commerce?
1: Uh, not, no, I don't, actually, which is a, which is a funny story. Um, my, I, so what's interesting is I, uh, I got into product development and, and product design uh, when studying in the Netherlands, actually. Oh, really? I, I went to T, yeah, I went to TU Delft for, for a year as part of a special program with, with my university. <laughs> um, and that was my first exposure to, to product design after that. Um, I took that passion and I worked at Microsoft for a few years before finally getting recruited to work at Uber, um, where I worked with a very talented team um, to build Uber Pool um, into the global juggernaut business that it is. Mm-hmm. And so my my background is not in in e commerce at all. Um, and and so, it, however, I was very very interested at the time when I was working at Uber around this idea of virtual kitchens dark kitchens um and just this idea that fundamentally new restaurants and existing restaurants can exist and thrive primarily online yeah through these food delivery apps hmm. and i was thinking to myself you know one of the one of the earliest insights that we had was this is before the creator economy even existed right even that word existed yeah um we were we were very excited about bringing that framework to retail and e-commerce and and really asking ourselves what does it mean to redefine an industry where the primary touch point for a consumer will likely be uh online or a website Mm -hmm. um or even instagram or TikTok? you know um and how can we build these businesses and help people build these businesses that Look very different from from other businesses, meaning um, you might not have an office and uh, fifty people working for you, and a huge operations team, and you might not need to master, you know, uh, supply chain or warehousing or or fulfillment. Yeah. Um, how do we build the infrastructure so that people can do it from their laptop from their home?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and and of course, we got lucky during. Lucky is a, is an interesting word, but we got a little bit lucky during the pandemic where. Um, a lot of these things that people could do by themselves in person had to go online yeah. and that accelerated our growth tremendously.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and, and, and now, you know, the, the future of businesses is going to be all online.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we just pulled forward, you know, five years of that.
0: Cool. So you guys started five years ago?
1: No, no, we, we started there. The pandemic pulled forward. the Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just in, in terms of progression, we've been around for since 2019,
0: Okay, and yeah, you were were you still working at uber when you when you launched it, or how did that transition go?
1: No, no, i I, uh, I had to take a little bit of time, a little bit of time off after after Uber a few months at least. <laughs> um, that was a very, very fun and intense roller coaster. loved every every minute that I was there. Um, made some of the best friends in the world, um but but definitely had to had to take a little break. Um, so I took a little break from San Francisco. I moved to New York, got an apartment. Um, and then started incubating a bunch of ideas and and really thinking about what I, what I want to do next. And, you know, uh, I probably did that mid year. And then by the end of the year, I was, uh, I was, I was ready to go. Mm -hmm.
0: What were some of the most important lessons that you learned working for Uber that you later applied in uh, Pietra?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. That's one I haven't been asked too much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that, uh, there are so many lessons that I learned uh, from, from Uber that I would bring forward. I think the number one, the number one lesson that I learned, and, and this, is, this I think is something that all founders eventually understand, which is um, when you are building a product outside of, or, or a company outside of uh, a larger company, it actually is very, very different and significantly harder um, to do things that you took for granted, mm-hmm. like get traction on a product, have customers pay. Um, you know, even simple things like get answers to your surveys that you send out. Yeah. I think one of the biggest learnings I had through Uber, which there's so much, so many successful moments at Uber, was was how lucky we are to, how lucky we were to be building you know, for us our, our Uber pool team, building something so so valuable within an ecosystem that was thriving. Yeah. And 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 you know, what I learned the hard way I would say is when you go into startup land and you're starting a new company, um you have to do a lot of the stuff you took for granted. Um again and you have to, and, and those are necessary things to to have your company grow and succeed and find product market fit.
2: Hmm.
1: And so the, the biggest learning I had was, wow, it's actually much harder than I thought, uh, to create new products and, and have them scale up and have the business model work. And, you know, it, it was, a, it was a big shock, I think. Um, and I think a lot of founders probably also feel this way where, uh, where you have to relearn a lot of the basics of product development, um, a lot of the relearn the basics of, of operations. And, and it all comes down to, in, in my mind, one of the, one of the best things that, that was, was instilled into us at Uber was hustle is the antidote for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was our culture. And, and, and I loved it personally, cause I thrive in those environments, but, um, there are There are few things that can stop someone who's super determined and uh wants to hustle to find the answer and find the truth
2: hmm.
1: um and so I mean, I guess that's two learnings. One is like things in the real world are a little bit harder than you than you think, and then the second part is like and the way to solve those problems in the real world. Is to be fearless and, and hustle um, to to find the answer.
0: Mm-hmm. So you work at Uber, you come, you, you get the idea of starting Pietra. You take a few months off. What are some of the first things that you do? Um, I mean, in the startup world, we often talk about validating business ideas, right? Is that also what you did?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think I we we followed, or at least I followed, um, a fairly a fairly uh, traditional path in terms of validating and and doing some market research. Um, and, and so, you know, when this wasn't a, this wasn't a, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and had an aha moment and then like started scribbling on a piece of paper. Um, we, this was the company didn't even start in, in the creator economy and, and how it's built. It mm. actually started in a completely different place. Um, and so, the The inspiration for this company came through i would say you know several months of of thinking about the problem and 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 talking to as many people in the space as we can uh, and while doing that actually doing my best to to relax but then talk to other companies that are solving interesting problems. I think for me personally um, it's hard to always just fixate a hundred percent of my mental capacity on one thing. Usually what I like to do as I'm thinking through hard problems is also talk to people in other industries with different problems to get the creative juices flowing. So I, during those six, seven months of me, you know, resting, relaxing, incubating these ideas of which we had many ideas. Um, some of them personal problems, some of them just macro problems that I saw and, and, and wanted to help solve, uh, I did a lot of conversations with different types of founders, different companies, different employees at companies. Hmm. Um, and it was, it was more of like a you know, soak up as much information as you possibly can before beginning. And then, and then the typical path, I, I, I'm an engineer by, by education. So I, I, I had some conviction around an idea. I built the prototype. It was an iOS app, I think at the time, and like a website, um, you know, validated with a few users and, and, and really just got into the game. And, and by that time, um you you're already in the game and you're already invested so that that kind of scaled up into uh further conviction and then you know fundraising and and on goes the the fund
0: so how exactly does it work you do you guys charge a monthly fee or you take a commission over the sales or how does that work
1: yeah good good question so we we just um we just updated uh the pricing across the company but and the way to think about it is there's a monthly fee uh, to access the Pietra Creator Hub is what we call it. That gives you access to all of the production and, and, and supply chain um, marketplace. It gives you access to all of the lowest cost fulfillment, storage, warehousing, photography services, all the creative services that we can offer. Um, and based on the services used, there's a small percentage uh, that we... That we take from from any service used, mm-hmm. and it's it's all a la carte. So it's you can decide, for example, that you want to um, store products in our in our fulfillment center or use us for assembly of your final product or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you could sell on the marketplace, the creator marketplace, or not. Um, and based on your usage of the infrastructure, um, you there will be a cost associated with it. Yeah, and what that allows us to do is it allows us to actually um, cater to a much smaller business size, right? So now if you're, if you're a content creator who may have, let's say 25,000 followers, and you're aspiring to, be, to build this business, and you might not have you know, uh, a lot of money to spend to kickstart your business, because you're relatively small, um, now you can go and start a business for, for very, very little uh, upfront capital. Yeah. Um, and only pay for, you can hack some things together in your house and you can only pay for the things that you need um, from pietra and so it's it's all a la carte and and i think it's probably one of the if not the most affordable way to launch and scale a commerce business right now that i've seen mm. uh, which is really cool
0: yeah so, so that's the big benefit here then right because people can also go to alibaba and order some samples from china but then they often need to result minimum of there's a minimum quantity that they need to order right for the first order and if they, yeah, if, they, exactly. do, if, they do it, if they do it through your platform they can order lower quantities
1: yeah so and and we 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 do our best to build our marketplace with hand-picked vetted suppliers yeah that that range in terms of quality and minimums mm-hmm. so like there are some luxury suppliers that work with big brands that you could find on Pietro, which is awesome. And and that might be, uh, they might have minimums that are higher than people want, but at the same time we have people with minimums that could be like 10 pieces, Mm -hmm. you know? And so what we do as a company is we, we try and reflect the services that are provided by the best suppliers in the world and, and try and, obviously negotiate and do our best we can on the minimums and the pricing for the suppliers. But for the most part, it's a it's a vetted, curated marketplace that the quality of every supplier is super high. Um, and each supplier has the freedom to list their private label products or their custom manufacturing capabilities at the prices that they want. And then any user can decide whether or not they want to work with them.
0: Mm-hmm. So what what kind of Like what what are the niches that you guys work with? Is it like mainly YouTubers with with beauty channels or with fitness channels? Or is there like a typical avatar that that you have?
1: Yeah, good question. I think this is one of the important uh, and exciting parts of of our company. Um, We don't have a particular niche. You know, we're not building... Uh, the Pietra ecosystem to be just for beauty businesses or fashion businesses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, our goal is to is to reflect the world's manufacturing capability and and make it usable for anyone who wants to uh, make a meaningful income online or or has an audience that they want to build a business around. And so we 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 have uh, what we call uh, product categories, so you can find manufacturers in fashion and clothing and apparel, but you can also find suppliers if you want to make your own tea line or matcha line or coffee line or chocolate line or yeah. sneakers or, mm. you know, sunglasses, swimwear. We 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 try and have a very, very um, wide breadth of, of suppliers in our network because what we find is content creators and creators in general, however you want to define them,
2: mm.
1: are super creative. And they get very excited about... Creating unique products and unique lines, and doing something that hasn't been done before, and I think we're 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 fundamentally moving away from the the world where you know creators sell you know cell phone cases and mugs, um, and and the more and more we this this eco- this creator economy matures, the more we see that what people want is true expressive, uh, true be able to express their creativity. Um, through products and, and they don't want to, you know, limit themselves to cell phone case and mugs and, you know, white t-shirts with a logo in, in the middle. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's where we sit, you know, we, we see ourselves as creators are the next set of entrepreneurs that are going to launch these online brands and, and our marketplace needs to uh, reflect, you know, all the types of products that people can make, not just the ones that are easy to make.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, let's say I have a, a beauty channel or whatever. Like, how do I know what kind of product that I should create? Do you guys also help with that, or is it most of the time the creators who already have an idea when they come to your platform?
1: Yeah, good, good question. So we 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 started in a world where uh, creators were like creators will know what they want to 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 make, mm. and this is one of the key assumptions that as, you know, new entrance into the creator economy and and as the expanding was just completely false. Mm. Um, We thought that, of course, if you have a beauty channel, you'll know exactly what to make and what your audience is going to buy and what your audience is is in love with. Um, And and that was kind of a a very funny uh, learning for us where we're like, huh, you know, a creator doesn't know everything about starting a business and becoming successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we have, we literally just announced this, Yesterday, I, I put on my Twitter feed, um, is we actually invested a huge amount of resources internally to build what we call a creator blueprint.
0: Mm-hmm. So now,
1: any creator who logs into the platform can answer a short questionnaire, input their social, and start and, and build a step by step guide for, for them. Mm-hmm. And that the guide that we create for them is very, very cool, right? It, it gives you, it suggests the product line ideas that uh, your audience would be most interested in. It tells you what your audience is cooking and buying um, around the Internet.
2: Hmm.
1: It gives you uh, not only the suggested product line, but it'll also pick, you know, five suppliers that can go ahead and power and work with you. So it might say like, wow, your your audience really likes, you know, let's say you're a mommy blogger, your audience really likes um, kids toys and, and kids clothes. Right. It might say something like, "You should create a line of, of like a fashion line for for babies and toddlers." Let's say, hmm. and then the the plan will also say, "Also, here are the suppliers that we've picked for you that can make these products that mm-hmm. we trust. Here are some designers that are willing to work with you to design your logos and your packaging if you don't have that capability." Um, we'll also give you things like um, a pricing template so you can price your products properly. We'll give you um, links to take out. Uh, small business loans. If you want to not spend any money to start your business,
2: yeah. you know, and
1: we this this business plan is now created where any single person in the world can go create your business plan and and take you know the first right the right first step, uh, and that's that's something that I would say is one of the most popular things that we've ever built on in the entire ecosystem. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think it's like the vast majority of creators that log into our platform identify themselves as beginners and so it makes sense that you know creating your blueprint and, and really understanding step by step how to make your business work yeah um is the most popular feature
0: yeah so just to make sure i understand it correctly so it's the creators who eventually create the, the business strategy and come up with the products that they're going to sell themselves by using that blue, blueprint that you have
1: well actually yeah it's it's, it's way easier than that um, we we collect some information and and we have built the technology to create that blueprint ah, okay, for them. Okay,
0: okay, okay, okay.
1: Right? So they, they, they answer a few questions and we say, okay, we're going to give you a blueprint now. Like, give us a minute. It loads. Ah, okay. um, and And then we deliver that information to them. So if they have nothing, if they get nothing else from the platform, they'll be able to get a... Very, very comprehensive step-by-step guide, and that can help them tomorrow to start their business on Pietro or six months from now. But we do all the heavy lifting, and all they really have to do is, you know, answer five or ten questions and and input some whatever social channels that they that they'd like us to analyze for them, hmm. and 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 they get everything. Yeah, served to them on a silver platter. It's it's quite phenomenal. The team did an amazing amazing job.
0: Yeah, that, that could be a, a nice lead magnet give your email address and we sent you a free business blueprint, <laughs> with all the suggestions. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And, and e- exactly. And, and that's what it is. And I think like what we want, what we are seeing and, and what we're most excited about is the biggest friction for content creators has, has always been, um, like anxiety around starting.
2: Mm. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, are we gonna be successful? Am I picking the right products? Am I picking the right suppliers? It's like content generation. Content creation itself is a, is a full-time job. And so that is the biggest thing holding the creator economy back that's starting uh, motivation. And so we are now investing so much into, into that and not from a lead generation perspective, like you said. Of course, there's lead generation that we can do and it's awesome. But what we're seeing, which we're very excited about is people yeah. will come to Pietra and feel more confident in what they can make,
2: mm. right?
1: They can look at, we can analyze their audience's engagement rate and look at other successful brands and say, hey, look, if your audience is engaged at this level and you can build a business around them in yeah. these product categories, you, your brand potential is this many dollars per year. Yeah. And that's analyzed based on all the thousands and thousands of other people that have used the product and the, and the brands that have been launched online. and so it gives them this feeling of wow i i have everything i need on this platform to get started um and and again we we want to invest so much in helping these creators start and and follow their dreams i think a lot of these a lot of these companies and these features that are that are out there um are assuming that they're already you know in the middle of it and they need help managing it and what we found is is there's a lot of investment that needs to happen and tools that need to happen uh, upfront for, yeah. for creators to really jump the shark from just creating content on a social media platform to building a real long-term business
0: cool we work with a lot of people who are in online education so the first thing we always recommend is to start selling online courses because they are, are high profit margins what are the uh, the profit margins like for the products that you guys sell? I mean the margins for the creator obviously much lower um, than digital products, but what what can we expect? What we what should we uh, think about here?
1: Yeah, good good question. Um, so we we the way our, our product is built is that the creator themselves price the products based on the cost of goods, mm-hmm. right? And so again, we we don't necessarily have like uh, a margin as a company per se off the products that creators sell um, because Someone can, this is where it gets very interesting, someone can find a supplier on the marketplace and start working with them to create a custom product and order uh, 10 units and negotiate a price. Someone can order 100 units and negotiate a price. Someone can order 10,000 units and negotiate a a price. Um, Similarly, they can set up a Pietro shop and start selling it on the marketplace and they can set their, let's say they make a candle line and it costs $5 to make the candle. They can sell their candle for $9.99, $12.99. We've seen people sell the candle for $49, like $45, you know, $49.99. It really, it's, what's cool is it really depends on the brand you're trying to build. Some people create luxury brands with super high markups. Um, but the branding is, is they spend a lot of time making it like really, really, really awesome. Um, and they spend a lot of time on the packaging and, and the experience. And then there's some people that want to make more affordable price point products and are okay with with pricing their products to make a, you know just a two three x uh margin yeah because they want to get their business off the ground they're not in it for making a ton of money right away they're like we want to grow this slowly, I want my audience um to be able to afford it and what we see is a lot of people start with uh one pricing strategy, and as their business grows they they update it just like any business would um and and again for 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 from pietra's side, regardless of how much the creator is making um, we don't change our pricing right so if you're selling on a marketplace, there's a marketplace fee just like every other marketplace in the world um you pay your monthly fee, and you have again full creative freedom to price your products however you want to price them yeah um, and we'll give you guidance right so If you download the pricing template, you can plug your your numbers in and and see how much you're going to make. And it's it's totally up to the to you and the brand you want to create. Yeah.
0: So it's so it varies a lot. So what what should we think about? Like between ten and fifty percent is profits or total revenue? I've
1: seen I've seen much more. I think like again, it depends on the product category. So if you're if you're you know, creating a fine jewelry collection, you might have a a I don't know three four x markup, maybe oh, really? a five x markup. Yeah. I've seen I've seen products that are created um, that have like a twenty x markup. Oh, really? um, right, right because because <laughs> these suppliers are around the world, and, and think about all the different products that you can make, right? So if you're if you if we help you find a awesome supplier in India or Turkey or something like that. Um, you get to get the benefit of working with a supplier in their local currency and in and, and their local services, which might be significantly cheaper than, than you know, going to the garment district in New York or going to the garment district in L.A.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, yeah, it's not uncommon that you will find a low cost supplier um, internationally and mark up your products, you know, 10x or something like that. Um, and, and again, th- that sounds like, excuse me, that sounds like uh like someone is taking advantage but it's really not right this is how commerce works and your job is to find a supplier that does low moqs high quality um at, at the lowest cost possible and sell it for the highest uh, amount that a consumer is willing to pay for it yeah exactly. um, and and yeah it's 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 kind of a fun journey to to watch people um build their businesses and, and update their strategies
0: mm-hmm. yeah and the power of branding now let's say i I I have a beauty channel and I want to have my own makeup line. I go to your platform, get the product uh, design, source it. We do all the promotion materials. And then, of course, we need to sell it to... You said you have a platform for that, but uh, we, of course, also want to sell it to our own audience. How important is marketing and a product launch strategy?
1: Yeah, I would say very, very important. I think... uh, from our experience it's it's something that uh we know that creators who already have audiences have a leg up on everyone else um which is very exciting but at the same time it's always important to uh plan right and and make sure you have a strategy not just for your first week or month where you're going to sell out but what happens when you need to restock with your profits and what happens in month five when you're doing your second collection um and so what we what we what we advise uh, creators uh, to do is think through the go to market strategy where we offer you know the easiest way to start selling online you create your product you hit a few buttons you'll have a link that you can share with your audience to what we call your pietra shop yeah and and you can create discounts you can you know give away free shipping you can share that link on your social Um. You can also sell directly on your Instagram through Instagram shopping, right? So there's all these cool things that you can do to take advantage of this audience that you've built. And what's amazing is we found two things. One is the audience size required to build or start a successful, profitable business is way lower than than people think, hmm. um, right? Like if, if, you're, if your first run of products is, I don't know, 500 units, let's say, um you only need 500 people in your in your audience to to purchase it for you to uh make money and have have profits that you can use to fund the next uh collection or the next drop
2: Hmm.
1: right so even you know a lot of people think that oh we need hundreds of thousands of followers or millions of followers what we found is that actually what you do need from a strategy perspective is make sure that your audience is engaged and you are creating something that's authentic And when you do, your strategy is going to be much easier. You're going to sell much quicker and customers are going to going to respond to what you have to 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 give them Mm -hmm. in a a much better way. We've seen people with 50,000 followers outsell people with a million followers. um, And I hope that serves as, as kind of this 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 aspirational thing that that people look to which is it's not about the absolute size of your audience, it's, it's the authenticity of your content and your product, and the way you you communicate with, with your audience, even if it's small. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say, which we learned from a strategy perspective of launching your product, I think that the most successful brands, the most successful creators, the most successful products all follow a simple pattern. Um, and that pattern is engage your audience during the part of business building and product creation
2: hmm.
1: bring them into your world that's why they follow you and what we see is when when creators use this technique to uh like during the very start of like i'm going to start this business to like here are the samples to here's the inventory to you know uh here's the packaging when they by the time they launch their product it feels like their audience is buying a product from a friend to support them,
2: mm-hmm. more
1: than something that they're pulling off a shelf from a nameless, faceless corporation. Yeah, and that is like the most powerful part, I think, of creator commerce that we're going to see um, only get stronger and stronger as time goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you rather work with creators who have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, YouTube, or on TikTok? Like, do you see a difference con- conversion wise?
1: Um, good question. I think that I don't have that number off the top of my head just because we have so many creators of, of coming from everywhere. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, um, I don't have a preference Platform uh, has creators that will drive the most conversion, hmm. which I think is what the question was. Um, however, I think that it's, it's, it's always good when the creator has, a platform of choice mm-hmm. and they're authentic on that platform. And I would say if you're, if you're very popular across many platforms, um, build your business in a way where you're taking advantage of all the sales channels that you have at your disposal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so that's like more exposure is almost always better. And then if I had a second choice, I would say, if I just had to pick one to start with, I would start with the platform where you have the most engagement um, mm-hmm. because that is how to truly build a loyal customer cycle or a customer base.
0: Mm-hmm. That's uh, all right. Well, uh, let's talk a bit about entrepreneurship then um, because uh, how big is the company, by the way?
1: Uh, there's 12 of us. Okay. Um, and so we, yeah, we're, we we're a very small team earlier in this year. I would say six and, and now we've got to 12 and we will continue to grow Um, at a very fast pace this year and and early next year. Um, But still a a small, scrappy startup.
0: Yeah, so you only started two years ago. So from zero to 12 employees in just two years, I uh, Googled the company before this interview and I saw that you guys also raised some capital. Um, Is is that public, how how much did you raise? And um, what what are you going to...
1: We we raised total now to date uh, a little over $20 million. Um, and uh, the vast majority of it's coming from uh, Andreessen Horowitz and Founders
0: Fund. Hmm. So, why raise capital?
1: Good question. I think um, you know, part. I'll, I'll answer honestly for for the other founders that are that are listening. <laughs> um, honestly, I think like coming from the Bay Area, I I originally thought that this was kind of the only way to build you know, uh, uh, yeah. a fast growing tech company. Um, I didn't even really think about a world where I can bootstrap it. Now that I'm, you know, deep into the game, I like to say, um, I understand the pros and cons of, of, of fundraising and, 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 and bootstrapping or, or, you know, thinking of something that you can, you can self-fund.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I keep coming back to, to one thing, which is for us, it's very simple. Um, we are investing in infrastructure that's going to fundamentally change an entire industry. Hmm. Right. And, and that needs capital. Um, We it's a tech company that needs to hire the best engineers in the world from the best tech companies in the world. And that takes capital.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, And so we're building so many things and there's so many areas where any company can fail. We never want, or at least for me, I never want, um, Lack of funds to be one of those things, yeah. right? I just want to de-risk it in as many ways as possible, and I think uh, when it really comes down to it, if I was to do it all over again, I would still go down this path. I think my my support system with the investors is is, is phenomenal. Um, I feel like I feel like this is the exact right path for Pietra. Um, But I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to go down the venture funding path. I think it's a specific type of game with a specific type of expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I I tell all the founders is like, just make sure you know uh, what's involved and what you're signing up for. Um, But for us, it was it ended up being the the best decision we ever made Mm -hmm. just for for what we're building and, and how
0: fast we want to build it yeah so I mean you're managing a team of 12 people now what are some of the biggest challenges that you experience um, running a fast growing company
1: yeah great question I, I think you know one of the obvious ones which which I'm not going to bore you with because I, I feel like a lot of people are, are going to talk about this is is we started effectively building um, as a real team you know like once we started gelling um, during the pandemic and, and so uh, you know, I, I like to tell people like in the first six months of starting a company, it's like you know fun and everything is new and it's like cool. And you like really hit your groove in like year one or year between year one and year two. Mm-hmm. And that was a very difficult year because uh, we were all you know trapped in our houses in New York or apartments. And if you anyone's been in New York, you know, these apartments are not meant to be lived in. <laughs> um, yeah. You are not supposed to spend more than a couple hours a day in your New York City apartment. Um, and all of a sudden we were trying to build a company in a fast growing industry of the creator economy in a time where we couldn't even talk to each other um, outside of a, a Zoom call. And that was incredibly, incredibly challenging. Um, and then also, I think, uh, I think this idea of, you know, being remote and starting the company remote builds a certain type of culture. So really just trying to focus on, um, uh, I feel like focusing on making sure everyone is aligned on the vision and the strategy that changes so dynamically when you can't p- pull people into a room and just quickly update them,
2: yeah.
1: uh, was something we focused a lot on um but but honestly like credit to the team. We we were strong as a unit before the pandemic started and that really got us through um the hardest months of of of, of the pandemic and, and now we're we're kind of on the other side of it. And you know, we we're growing our team. We just got an office uh that we're gonna go back to that we're all excited about. Um and and we're you know we're it didn't feel like we were ever off track but it feels like we we built certain bonds before the pandemic and during the pandemic and now we're coming out of it at at full speed.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, we have uh, I have two more questions here. What do you think are some of the biggest opportunities for creators right now?
1: Good question. Um I think that the biggest opportunities for creators right now is is understanding that what the way the world works today around creators, the ecosystem that has been built around the infrastructure, I should say that has been built around creators today um, is not made to benefit to the creator the most. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, Um, whether you are someone who makes money off ads, right? Yeah. Like ad revenue. Um, you're someone who does brand sponsorships. I think the, the biggest opportunity lies in first understanding that other people, businesses, social platforms, um, are effectively renting your audience
2: mm-hmm.
1: and paying you to rent that audience out, Yeah. right? When a company does a brand sp- sponsorship, and they drive millions of dollars of sales, and they're paying thousands of dollars for the post, the brand wins, right? And, and I think the, the, large, the biggest opportunity lies in the creators understanding the true value of their audience, and then building a business, whatever business that is, by the way. It could be a content business, it could be a, you know, an educational classes business, it could be a product line um, or a brand, like, like a Skims or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's where the, I think the biggest opportunity is for, for creators and, and this isn't new. I think every decade or so, a new set of tools empowers the creative class to then capture more of the value that they create around their content and their, and their audience. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like at some point you had to pay a super expensive uh, editor to, to make your photos look you know, a certain way and then Photoshop comes along and the photographers can now also edit their own photos. Yeah. And therefore, they can charge, you know, rates or collect the the money that would have been paid to an editor, not just the photographer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so I, I
1: think of, yeah, I'll so I ahead. think of like, that's yeah. the type of opportunity. No, that's the type of op- opportunity that that I think uh, is ahead of these creators in the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, so isn't it all about taking control then? Like, YouTubers don't want to, or creators in general, don't want to longer depend on algorithms, they want to own their own traffic, building a mailing list, um, a list with phone numbers, for example, not depend on sponsorship deals anymore, but create your own brands, um, is it, that what you mean?
1: Exactly, exactly, it's, it's it's like, yeah, it's it's all about ownership, like you said, and, and that's why at Pietro, we don't take a percentage of, of the brands that are created. Really. We are not an operating partner that says, hey, uh, let's do an 80-20 split. Yeah. I'll take 80%, you take 20% <laughs> because I know how to set up a warehouse or I know a factory in China. You know, like These are all things that is gonna automate away and, and make it like, at your fingertips. But you're, you're 100% right. It's,
2: yeah.
1: it's, the creators need to understand that they are actually in control and have the power position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, I think like the fun part is about this whole thing is I think they're starting to realize it more and more every single day, they are realizing uh, I was talking to a, a Pietra creator. She has a million plus followers on YouTube, and her favorite not her favorite brand, but a brand that she was doing a sponsorship with has a hundred thousand followers. Yeah And I was like, you literally have 10x the number of followers as the person who's paying you. they are take, they are using your followers. To sell their products. Like, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, and then, you know, you see the light bulb go off and she goes, Oh, wow, uh, I didn't really think about that. And I'm like, Yeah, these creators, it's like this, even it's a, it's a big brand, it's like a well known brand. And she, as a single person, has 10x the number of people that watch her videos. And I'm like, Wow, the, the, the power is, is turning. And you could see it in her head. And as soon as she realized that, she's like, Oh, wow, I should just start my own product line. Like, this, and, you know what I'm saying, like, thank you for the research that all these brands partnership, all the brand partnerships served as research into what she wanted to create. And uh, <laughs> that was kind of like a magical moment. And She's one of the most successful creators um, uh, on the platform. And, and I think we're going to see more and more of that where, yeah, like you said, the creators take control and ownership and, and these algorithms don't determine, you know, their livelihood.
0: Yeah, but I guess it's good to experiment with these sponsorships, right? Because you can do sponsorship for several com- companies, several products, and you just look at what seems to work best for people seem want to buy from you, and then you create something totally. similar to that.
1: Yeah, totally. And and honestly, like I, I I'm not knocking on brand sponsorships. I think <laughs> like that will always exist, right? Marketing is always going to exist. Um, and and what I think is just happening is we're just diversifying in terms of the the income streams that creators can have right Mm. like it just used to be that like ads was kind of like the main thing let's say like it's youtube right you create content you get money from ads or if you're a musician it's like the spotify plays or whatever it is um then brand sponsorships once people start realizing that they could post and that's when you had hashtag sponsored right like that whole thing came about and then now we are just in the next wave where um the top, you know, 10% of celebrities all have these product lines and these businesses that they're selling for literally billions of dollars after um, after building them up. And they're still doing sponsored content and they're still getting their ad revenue. You know, it's just another awesome stream of, of income. And so I think these will all live in, uh, in concert with each other. I, I don't think anything's going away. So if someone who owns a brand sponsorships, Focused company, like don't come after me on Twitter or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love brand sponsorships and 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 I think they they um, will exist in the ecosystem, but it doesn't mean that it has to stop there. I yeah. think uh, we want to push the ball forward and we want to make sure that you know eventually there's going to be so many people that that make their living online and mm-hmm. it's a, and and so just like in the real world, there's a million different ways to make money. Um, online there's going to be you know a plethora of ways to make money as well
0: yeah i just one more question i'm not sure if this is a appropriate question for the podcast but do you guys have any competition because i know that you know i know about many companies that offer similar services but they do these uh, revenue share deals um you share, you said that the, the main way you guys monetize is by charging this monthly fee um you know, if they want to use your platform yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so i uh, uh we we have competition we've we've started seeing uh direct competitors pop up we've started seeing po- uh, what i call point solution competitors um what i think uh from a strategic competitive standpoint for pietra is that there are a lot of companies out there that provide a single service hmm. um, for example, there are manufacturing platforms. There are website building platforms. There are logistics and 3PL platforms and, and services. There are operating partners that will do everything for you with humans and you know take 80% of your business. Um, where we stand is, our insight is that it's actually in the stitching together of these 10, 20 services
2: mm-hmm.
1: that end up being the difficulty. And so what we've done is we've bundled the services into what we you know what we say is the business in a box solution. Yeah. And that part so that a creator can in their head say something like I would like to release a athleisure line and I can sit on a Sunday with my cup of coffee, boot up Pietra Creator Hub and and just use this to launch that company. Yeah. That doesn't have any direct competition, but there are lots of people in the ecosystem that are providing services and like individual services. And so our job is to, uh, our job as Pietra is to make sure that we not only provide the best quality of of service and and software and experience, but spend a lot of time on design and, and user experience because... If anyone's worked in the creator industry, they know that content creators are spending a lot of it's a lot of effort to to be a content creator. Yeah.
2: Um
1: and so they it's like they don't have time to call 20 different people and make sure you know packages are arriving in the right time or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um we want to make it so seamless where it feels like um everything yeah. is connected and, and taken care of and and we don't see any direct competition. Um, maybe it's because we started, you know, a couple years ago before the before the creator economy exploded. Um, but I am sure that there are competitors that are listening to this right now, and <laughs> I'm going to be eating these words uh, in a few months. Um, we we you know we're we're literally seeing them crop up uh, uh, um, like in the last few weeks. But but we are we we are excited and, and we have a very strong roadmap for for the company so i hope to to always stay ahead of the competition in that sense
0: cool ro thank you so much for this interview if people want to learn more about you and the company where can they go
1: they can go to pietrastudio.com everything is is on that site. so i encourage everyone who's excited about starting a business or wants to level up their their game uh, as a content creator Go to www.pietrostudio.com, create an account at the very least, create your free blueprint um, and see uh, what what businesses that you can build.
0: Cool. We're going to check it out. Can we also follow you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, My handle is, let me just pull this up to make sure, it's called at the real row show. Um so that uh that's a handle that I got, you know, in the in middle school, so don't laugh at me there, but um, <laughs> at the real ro, R-O
0: show, S H O W. Good, we will add it in the show notes. Ro, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, that was it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more, then please give this podcast a positive review in, well, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creator business, then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com. Ciao.